0: BOOM!
1: To marriage and martinis. Oh wait, why are you starting? Oh.
2: I'm supposed to start. You are? I always start.
1: Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead.
2: Hey everybody. Welcome (laughs) back to Marriage and Martinis. (laughs) What are you five? (laughs) You always start. That's my thing. (laughs) No, you can't do it. It's mine.
1: Oh, okay. Sorry.
2: All right, go ahead. You're allowed.
1: Well, today we have Leah Carey back.
2: Leah Carey, yep. we love Leah Carey, we and do so does love... everybody. We had so many requests um, to have her back for yes. more questions.
1: Well, and even this time, we didn't get to everything I wanted to get to, um, f- partially because we only had so much time, and partially because my mom was sitting in the family room during our entire recording of all the episodes. That like there were certain parts where I was like, well, I kind of want to say the word clitoris, but I don't.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just, there was a lot of things I was prepped. To I want to and... talk
1: about my orgasms, but I really. <laughs> Don't as cool as Linda is, I you know, she's still my mom and I don't really want to say those things in front of her.
2: But it's okay that our kids are in the other room saying these things now. Well, it's just our two
1: (laughs) boys and they don't know what either of those words mean. so um we talk about so much with her she's phenomenal if you haven't uh, downloaded the yes/ no maybe checklist yet we talk a lot about that again um, and what an awesome tool that is and I asked everybody for questions to ask her and I got an overwhelming amount um, of feedback about what people want to hear about I used so many of those questions when we speak to her and you know one thing that I I that came to my mind when we were talking to her is that we're always talking about therapy, therapy and how good it is and how open to it we should be and everything. But she gives a really unique and specific kind of therapy, which is like this bedroom therapy for people who have these or having these unique problems. And I think as couples, we all go through this. We all get into ruts. We all get to a place where we're uncomfortable to talk about it. And um, just like any other kind of therapy, I feel like we should be open to having that help in our relationships also so she gives us a little bit of that now and i think it's a good idea for a lot of people if that's something that you know if you're in a rut then it, she's a good person to talk to or, or yeah. sex therapist in general
2: yeah we even um t- uh, touched up on this on the in the episode yeah she most she's she's mostly reaching out to women so for me, as the guy sitting in, kind of this no, is... No, that's
1: not true. Uh, Only on me- her podcast. Let
2: me- oh, I'm let sorry. Me
1: finish. Go ahead. I apologize. <laughs> what I was going to say... Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry.
2: ...was it's a little uncomfortable for me to sit through that interview because...
1: Because my mom was in the other because,
2: room? Well, number one, your mom's in the other room. And this is, you know, this conversation was kind of really geared towards women and satisfying women. And so this is actually uncomfortable at first, but good for guys to listen to because... Like from the first interview when I said when I'm done I'm done, which everybody loved that response. Um, <laughs> all the feedback was. We talk wonderful. about that a lot. If you
1: haven't listened to the first episode, you go do that because uh, we have because you have to hear that when I'm done. I'm done. <laughs> yeah.
2: So this is a great one for guys to listen to. Also, just so that they get an idea, and I don't want to say learn. <laughs> Should I say learn? <laughs> sure, we're all learning, yeah, right? Yeah, we're all of learning. No, so just so that. We so guys can understand better what we need to be doing or saying or thinking about when it comes to communicating with our wives sexually.
1: Absolutely, yeah. And you just gave me a really good idea. Okay. Next time we have her back, I want all the questions to come from you, and I want you to ask your guy sure. friends and our male community and everything for questions, and you're gonna run the next one. Done. I think that's a great idea to come from the male perspective. That's the next one. Leah, that's what we're doing next.
2: All right, guys, email me with questions that I should be asking Leah next time so that I don't have to come up with them. Or DM (laughs) Stop that. I don't know how to ask those questions. Yes, you do. You're getting better at it. I am. I am.
1: Um, I'm comfortable speaking now. Okay, so enjoy the interview. I think it's really great. We hit on a lot of different things um, that we didn't hit on in the first uh, episode. And also, we follow up on a lot of stuff. Yeah, and
2: it was fun. And she's always
1: so great to talk to. She's so honest and she's so open. And she just, God, she makes me want to talk about sex more.
2: Yeah. Just talk about sex, baby.
1: All right. Well, take me away and let's talk about sex.
2: Let's talk about you and me. You're (laughs) supposed to come back with that. (laughs) Oh, let's talk about all the good things and the bad
1: things that may. God, I've never heard you refer to salt and pepper before. (laughs) I'm so proud of you. Oh,
2: I'm a child of the 80s and 90s. I know that stuff. I know,
1: but you're a child of like the hard rock 80s and 90s.
2: I miss that stuff, man. Music used to be so good. All right, guys, enjoy the interview. Mm -hmm. Here's Leah Carey. Leah, welcome back.
1: Thank you so much so for having me. So good to I'm have excited you. excited to be here. Yeah. <laughs> I'm excited for you to be back too.
2: So we're everybody who was asking you to come back.
1: Yes. And so is everybody who wants a follow up to Adam's uh, famous, when I'm done, I'm done
2: statement. <laughs> yes.
3: Yeah, so Adam, do you know that you have now also been broadcast on my podcast saying that?
2: Oh, wow. See? Now I am famous. Holy cow. I love it.
1: We need that to go viral.
2: Can I hear the? Can I hear just a little bit of quick feedback about that? Or do I not want to? <laughs> uh-
3: Well, so we played a little bit of that when Danielle appeared on my podcast, Good Girls Talk About Sex, because it was pertinent to our conversation. And what you had said was, you know, basically, when I'm done, I'm done. And the conversation that Danielle and I were having was about how we need to sort of flip the script so that um, if there's one partner who does have that experience of when I'm done, I'm done, then we need to make sure that the other partner is sort of brought in a little bit earlier and they make sure that they have their pleasure taken care of before you get to that moment of inevitability.
1: Right.
2: Well, if you listen to the podcast after that one, You'll see that I did take well, care w- of We the- were going to talk about that. Okay, right? then I'll yeah. shut up.
1: I was going to talk about that. But mm-hmm. first, um, we've had you on before. If for anybody who has not listened to the first episode with you, I hope they will go back and listen. Um, they can listen to this when it's not like, you know chronological or anything but um, but I hope that they will go and listen because I thought it was a really great episode and it was a great episode for um, Adam and me too I think that just that conversation um, opening up that dialogue was really important and we'll we'll talk about that a little bit but could you could you tell us now that I've been on your podcast and I really I mean I had listened to it before but now I've like been in the passenger seat kind of on it. And, um, so I have a whole different, it's one thing, it's almost like, it's one thing to listen to something. And then once you're in it, you get this, there's this anxiety, um, that comes with sort of being not on the spot. I didn't feel on the spot, but, you know, feeling like you, uh, thinking about topics and things that you, I really hadn't thought about maybe ever. Um, can you tell a little bit about, and they can listen to me on the podcast, I think by the time we release this, um, the episode with me will be on it, but can you yeah. talk a little bit about what you're trying to do? On what What is the main goal of the podcast, Good Girls Talk About Sex?
3: Yeah, so my main objective is to just start having these conversations about sex and about the experiences that we have those of us who grew up in female bodies or uh, you know, maybe other people along the gender spectrum um, who identify as female now or have at some point in the past, um, that we talk about... So my goal with the Good Girls Talk About Sex podcast is to open up conversations that I found that I was excited about having with my girlfriends. So the story is that I had been a really repressed, you know, sexual being um, for the first 42 years of my life. I didn't have much sex. The sex I had, I didn't enjoy. A lot of it was painful. Um, and But at the same time, I was really sort of obsessed with the idea of what good sex would feel like. And so I thought about it a lot, but I didn't experience it. And then when I was 42, I went on this journey that ended up being a journey of experiencing lots of different kinds of sexual adventures. And um, as I was taking that journey, I was sharing those stories with my girlfriends. And they were like, oh my God, tell us more, tell us more. Like we want to hear everything. We want to hear every detail. Living vicariously. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. And as I shared more, they started telling me their stories. And that was when I realized how exciting it was both to be able to tell the stories and to hear them. Because they were really conversations that we very rarely get to have, except maybe, you know, over a bottle of wine at midnight, you know. On I've had many things. bottles
1: of wine at midnight, and I can tell you nobody has ever asked me the questions that you asked me <laughs> <laughs> on that podcast.
3: <laughs> so, yeah, it's really a deep dive into each episode is, is one, an interview with one person about her experience of sex and female sexuality. And for listeners, um, specifically your episode, Danielle, is the June 6th episode. Um, so I know this will be coming out a couple of weeks after that, but you can just go back in the feed on Good Girls Talk About Sex to
1: find that. Yeah, well, you know, I'm interested to know, you said you had thought a lot about what you thought it would be like. Um, so tell us about that. What What was in your mind? Was it like from seeing movies or television shows or reading books? Because we're all a little bit jaded from that. So yes, is that what you all, had in your
3: mind? Is that what you thought it was going to be? Totally, all of the above. Um, there was the the sort of romantic movie version, rom com version of what love is supposed to look like, and you go through the whole movie, and then you have the final kiss, and you know the music plays, mm-hmm. and the and the flowers bloom, <laughs> and the fireworks go off. <laughs> So there was definitely that feeling of oh when I meet my person I'm gonna know instantaneously and it's going to be like the heavens explode well that's not real life right that's Hollywood. right I mean of course there are one or two people who have had that experience but for the most part that's Hollywood mm-hmm. and then um books I have been a voracious reader through my life and um you know, I would read some higher class books that that talked about sex in higher class terms. And then I would read smutty books that talked about sex in like, really, not pornographic terms, but in much more explicit terms. And I definitely gravitated toward the smutty books, because Mm -hmm. I wanted to know what does it feel like to be Filled. What does it feel like to mm-hmm. be taken? And there's only so much you'll ever get from reading a book. And once I started having better sex, I realized those two are t- largely a fantasy, you know, They're, because very rarely in any of those books or movies or TV or whatever, do people have conversations about what they want? or mm-hmm. what feels good. They, there is this cultural story about, well, if he really loves me, he's going to know exactly what to do. And I'm going to have the best orgasm of my life. Mm-hmm. And
1: it's crap. <laughs> like, right.
3: that. That's not real life.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, because
3: absolutely. In real life, every person's body is different. And we have to learn the body of the person we're having sex with.
1: One thing that being on your on your podcast that was so eye opening for me was that like i said you were you were asking questions that i had never thought about myself and and, and there were times when you would ask me something and i'd be like oh my god well gosh i've never even thought about it you know yeah. and and in the moment as much as maybe the answer that i gave sometimes in the moment although i think mostly it was pretty accurate sometimes in the moment maybe it was uh a little rushed, it got me thinking after, mm, and yeah. thinking about things that I hadn't. You were asking I mean, about anatomy and all these things that we don't, we never even really talk about, and forget, you know, and even in sex ed or anything at any time. Yeah. So that's one thing that is um, that was great about about being on your podcast was that you know you, you're you're really having women think in different terms and giving them a platform to talk, um, and use, um, terminology and use, um, you know, uh, the, the chance to think about things that we never think. No one asks us, you know, no one, no one asks us what, what do you, you know what I mean? There's no dinner conversation. There's no, you know, you're never out with your spouse or maybe some people are, and we're just not, but Mm -hmm. you don't. You don't the the conversation doesn't go in that direction.
3: Yeah, and that's a lot of the feedback that I hear from people is about like I didn't know until I listened to these conversations that these conversations were even possible, or that these were things I was supposed to think about. You know, one of the questions I do this whole Q and A at the end of the um, of the conversation where I ask some really fairly explicit questions, including things like when someone is touching your clit, do you prefer that they touch the hood, the clit itself, or that it not be touched at all? And some people know right away what the answer is because they've had some really significant experience that showed them, yes, I really love this, or no, I really hate this. But the vast majority of people I talk to are like, oh, I don't like, they'll sit and they'll think about yeah, it that's and they'll I maybe did. come up with an answer, but it's not something they've ever thought about before. And that's part of what gets me excited about this, is opening up these things for people to think about, um, and not just for women to think about, but for their male partners to think about as well, to mm-hmm. open those conversations.
1: Yeah, and I it made me want to like go back and sit with a physiology. is that what it is? Physiology? Is that what the study you're, of the you're human looking at me. body? You're asking
2: me oh, You're a science person. <laughs> not not a like biologist. <laughs> God.
1: Well, anyway, whatever that study is. Right. Ology. Yeah. <laughs> body ology. <laughs> um yeah, I wanted to go back and really Almost look it all over again, because when you learn about it, whenever you do in sex ed and everything, it's like, here's, you know, here's the bladder and here's the like nobody teaches yeah. you any of that.
3: And sex ed is, I, and I think you and I have had this conversation before, at least once sex ed is at least in the United States, is either absent because some school districts don't do it at all, or it's um, focused on abstinence. But even the schools where you get actual sex ed, it's basically about how males grow and have penises and have wet dreams and ejaculate and how girls have periods and suffer. Right. Like, that's basically how it Absolutely. breaks down. Absolutely. Right. And the entire focus is on pregnancy prevention and disease prevention. Mm-hmm. So there is little to no conversation about pleasure and if pleasure comes into the conversation people freak out Mm -hmm. so it's like we we are raising kids and telling them someday you're going to have this great love story and this great sex but we are giving them absolutely no tools with which to have said great sex because largely many of us don't have those tools ourselves do
2: do you think that's kind of the place of a school to teach it sounds kind of bizarre for me to think about a school teaching my child about pleasurable <laughs> sex and uh, and parts of the body that you're not taught in school and how to, you know, give good pleasure. I, I don't know if school is kind of the right place for that.
3: I am not going to disagree with you. I am going to ask you, however, would you like to be the one having that conversation with your children?
2: I would, I would talk to my boys about it. I, I don't know how comfortable I would be talking to my daughter about it, Mm-hmm. Yeah, but how
1: much are you going to get into the details of how to pleasure a woman
2: uh, when they're old enough?
1: What? I, I want to be there for that. Uh,
2: <laughs> <laughs> okay. But yes. Also, no, but thinking about it people- out loud. Yeah. It sounds a little uncomfortable, right. but, yeah. but if it was more the norm, maybe it wouldn't be so uncomfortable. So
3: if it's more the norm, I'm right on board with you. The right. problem is it's not the norm right now, so nobody is talking
1: Right, about exactly. It. Mm-hmm. Well, that's the thing is that maybe fine, maybe school isn't, I don't know. I haven't even really thought about it that much because it's not even in the cards. But there should be, you know, there's there something needs to be, you know, something needs to be different. Actually, my friend just wrote an article uh, for um, a magazine about um, how her daughter, daughter got in trouble at school the teacher reprimanded her at school for using some um you know some uh anatomically correct words about female body parts that she was you know using and the teacher was super uncomfortable and brought her outside and said you know that's not how we talk here and the and the girl whose mom is you know uh, very progressive and only you know wants them using the real words and some people do some people don't and that's a whole other Conversation about people's preferences, but this mom really wanted her kids using, and the teacher, the the girl came home and was like, "Mom, what, what is going on?" And and so you know she's not even allowed to talk in school using the real language because it makes everybody uncomfortable. Everything about it makes people uncomfortable, and that's I think the first problem is that we're not even we can't even talk about it as a society, how are we going to talk about it? um, When we're sitting down, you know, trying to express ourselves about it. And it's, it's, we are taught that it's wrong. And we're taught that it's uncomfortable.
3: Exactly. And that those are the markers of a profoundly sex negative culture. Mm -hmm. Um, which is where we live. And some people might hear that and say, oh, but like there's sex all over television. They're using sex to sell me everything in ads. There's sex everywhere. Yes, that's true. But that's what you're seeing is generally um, very thin, very white, very beautiful women who are in positions that a normal woman would not normally be in. And like, it's all very choreographed and it's basically created in order to sell something, not in order to help people discover and experience their own pleasure. Most like 99% of the women in this world are not that incredibly thin, incredibly beautiful, incredibly white woman. Um, But but we are taught that she is the one who deserves pleasure and she is the one who um, is desirable and that the rest of us are all just sort of running to catch up with her Mm -hmm. once uh, uh, until we get to the moment where we can acknowledge that every body, like every single body on this planet is worthy and deserving of being desired and loved, and accepting and receiving pleasure, we are still in a sex-negative culture, and these these um, messages are going to be are are going to be propagated to our kids.
0: Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time.
1: When I ask questions to our audience um, on Instagram and everything, one of the biggest um, topics that comes up is, is body confidence, obviously. And we touched on it some in the last episode. And you talked about your um, how really the one of the best ways for you that it's become um, you've become more comfortable is by putting yourself in situations where there are quote unquote, you know real women real bodies real um who who look all different and th- that there's not one standard type of person uh and that I think that's a great idea I I wish more of us had I think first of all you live in Portland Oregon and that yeah, was just
3: a very sex positive progressive absolutely
1: state. absolutely like, there's not I think where I live there is not as many opportunities um As there are in other places. I mean, I'm near New York City. I'm sure I could find some. You know, my all my off time. (laughs) But, but I I think that for so many of us who, uh, you know, live in either a suburb or a rural area. That's not really in the cards for us. Um, Most of us aren't going to hedonism as you did, although I think a lot more of a lot of people answered that that's one of the things when I asked like a wild thing they'd like to do. A lot of people said they would like to try that. Really? Yes. that's awesome. Uh, Yes, but is it going to happen for most people? Probably not. Probably not. Uh, Because number one, you know, you're not telling people <laughs> that you're going to hedonism, right? Like, how does that conversation happen? Like, where's your mom and dad this week? Oh, they're at a naked resort in the Bahamas. You know, it's
3: so funny that on the hedonism site, they actually have instructions like, when you come here, here's the phone number that you can give to your family and friends. Stop and it, we will answer
1: it in a certain way that won't out you. And that, yeah, <laughs> oh, that's,
0: smart. That
1: that's amazing. Yeah. Yeah, that's amazing. <laughs> that's brilliant. Yeah, that is so good. Target needs to do that <laughs> with like receipts so that your uh, <laughs> spouse doesn't <laughs> like here's a here's a receipt for
2: yeah. here's the stuff you were supposed to buy. Right.
3: <laughs> <laughs> but your point is well taken. Most people, even if that is something that they have sort of as a wild fantasy, it's a little out there. And yeah, a lot of people are probably not going to do that. Um, I
1: so mean, I there's not a lot of nude beaches around. We live at the Jersey Shore. Right. If I take my top off, I'm getting arrested. You, right. know? But you
3: can go to the beach and just look around at the other women who are there. And I'm we're talking specifically about women here um, because body confidence is such a significantly female issue. Not to say men don't experience it.
1: Right. Um, well, right
3: but we're talking about women here Um, going to the beach and looking at other women in their bathing suits. And again, we live in a really fat phobic culture. Mm -hmm. So if you see a woman who is in a bathing suit, who is carrying some extra weight, your first gut response might be, Oh, she shouldn't be wearing that bathing suit. She shouldn't be showing all that off, but I challenge you to take a moment and like take a breath mm-hmm. and look at her for another moment and say why mm-hmm. like w- why am i thinking that mm-hmm. and do i really believe that's true like is is it okay that she has a real body and she has put her real body into a swimsuit swimsuit so that she can take her real body to the beach what is inherently wrong about that mm-hmm. And once you've done that a couple of times and gotten to the place of thinking, okay, maybe this isn't, you know, such a taboo thing, then start looking at the bodies of the other women and probably mothers who are there with their young kids and saying, am I okay with their bodies? Like, can I look at them and still see them as attractive human beings? Mm-hmm. And I still look at them and see them as vibrant and interesting women who are spending time with their kids and engaging with their kids and doing fun things, you know, like what are the positive things that you can find about them? And if you can say, yes, she has every right to be here. She has every right to look exactly the way she does, because the important thing is that she's spending time with her kids. Then can you turn that to yourself and say, you know, I kind of look like her, right? I'm, I am a real body in a swimsuit, taking my real body to the beach. I think it's a great place to start. It's not, it's not the end point, but it's a good place to start. Mm -hmm.
1: I I think that's such a good point. And I also think that we always say, um, you know, just, just wear the swimsuit, just you want to make the memories with your kids, you want to. And so on some level, well we're saying that and then we're shaming these women for going yes. to the beach wearing the bikini or on the one hand it's sort of like well i don't know isn't it kind of awesome that they have the confidence and you, to just say fuck it and do it because yeah. so many of us can't i, I wouldn't i can't put on a bikini and go to the beach I, I just that it's not in me to that's not what i've been told by society, you know, that's not, I'm not, I'm not not doing it. And and I don't like that I'm not doing it. That doesn't, you know, I'm not proud to, you know, I, I wish I had the confidence to do that. I don't. But, um, but I do think a little bit that we need to, um, think about that and think about the fact of all right it's one thing to say that women should be able to go and wear the swimsuit and feel comfortable and then it's another to give them you know a high five and be like go you go girl like good yeah, for because you because there is so much shaming right
3: of, of our bodies and let me also be really clear and say I have found great healing by being naked in naked spaces with other naked people I am not comfortable wearing a bikini Mm. Like I am more comfortable being. Yeah, naked I could see that I would be wearing a bikini. Right. Yeah, I so can it, I can
1: understand that.
3: Okay, it, so the weird. next
1: the next step is obviously that it's it, we have to take it one step further, and that you know we're not the only person uh, we're we're trying to be confident with. We're trying to get our partner. Yeah. And I, I said the last time um, that I, I did a poll, and uh, you know, sixty five percent of the. Um, Of the women i asked said that they're self-conscious during sex and i'm sure a lot of men are too but so how can we what can we say to our partners or how as partners can we help our you know our significant other feel more comfortable
3: yeah so this is really um such a deep and important question and um, first of all, the, the very first thing is I hear from a lot of women, both mm, clients that I work with and people who I'm interviewing for the podcast saying, um, you know, my husband or my partner says he's attracted to me, but I'm not sure it's really true. Um, and I'll say, well, are you having sex? And they'll say, yes. And I'll say, and is he having an erection? And they'll say, yes, trust your partner's erection. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like, I, I mean, Adam, I'm going to put you on the spot here. Are you capable of having an erection when you're not actually turned on?
2: I don't know. (laughs) 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 I usually am. So it's hard for me to say. No, but for real, I I don't, I can't even remember that experience happening or being in that experience. So I I don't have the answer for you. I'm sorry.
3: No, it's fine. But, um, what I'm getting at is that if, if your partner is having an erection, I can virtually guarantee that the reason is that he is turned on by what's going on between you. He Mm -hmm. is turned on by your body. He is turned on by what you are doing together. So the very first, like just totally concrete thing I can say is trust. If you are with, in a heterosexual, um, situation, trust your partner's erection. Mm -hmm. His erection is not lying to you. Right. Um, then moving on to sort of like some of the work that you can do. Part of the problem here is that, We hold all of our fears inside, and we don't express them, Um, except in moments of high drama, like, I know you don't love me, you don't actually like my body, like, we come out and we explode at our partners or we ask them lose-lose questions like, do I look fat in this dress? <laughs> you right. know, like there there is no good answer because if he says yes, he is totally fucked up. And if he <laughs> says no, you're not going to believe him.
2: <laughs> Thank you. Wow. Thank you very much for saying that.
3: You're welcome. Now
2: I'll never be asked that question again. <laughs> good. Or,
3: it's or a stupid it, question. Of course it
2: is. Or if it's asked, I'll say, go ask Leah. She'll tell you the answer.
1: <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Okay, but on the other end of that is that sometimes we ask because we're not automatically being offered the information.
3: Okay, so that's a great point. And so there's a different way to come at it. And the question here is how vulnerable are you willing to allow yourself to be? Because the question that you actually want to ask is, honey. I am feeling really nervous right now. I'm having a lot of anxiety about my body. I'm feeling like I'm not beautiful. I'm not lovable. I'm not attractive. Here's how I'm feeling. Can you tell me, are you actually attracted to me? That's what we actually want to ask. And we actually want to get to that place of vulnerability, but we're so bloody scared of what the answer is going to be that we don't allow ourselves to ever get there. So the question is, are you willing to allow yourself to be that vulnerable and say, honey, I am feeling really nervous right now. I'm afraid that you don't love me anymore because I've put on 20 pounds. Can you tell me what you are feeling about me
1: and my body? Okay, so um, what would your response to that be if I said that to you?
2: I would say I love you very much, honey. <laughs> no,
1: really. <laughs> what? Wrong answer. <laughs> of course it is. <laughs> you have a great personality. <laughs> so, well, yeah.
2: Honestly, you want me to answer that honestly? Well, I,
1: if I were to make, be, because I is, Are you? Is that the same thing as saying? Do I look fat? Are you going to be rolling your eyes like, ugh? Here she needs to hear it again. She needs to know again. No, but
2: here's another Danielle problem. Oh, I didn't know one we were even many. talking about any Danielle uh,
1: problems. <laughs> <laughs> and here's another one.
2: <laughs> Where she says things like, well, we're not even offered the, the compliment or offered the... And that's not true. There's many times that we are getting ready to go out and I tell her "You look nice, nice. Yeah, you look nice. Or how pretty she looks yeah. or anything. No, no, no. It's oh, the same
1: thing oh, all the time. Okay, you whatever, look nice. whatever I say... You look nice. Oh, you look nice. I look
2: like a whale in these pants. or oh, I, I look, I, But I, I'm so fat today. That is correct. But, so I... I even with the offer, with yeah. the compliment, with it's still turned into a negative. But
1: it's 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 a it's a generic stupid compliment. I'm sorry, but I hate to say that, but really? it's true. And I think that whole you I look you're fine. You, uh,
2: I never no. I never use the word fine. I would never say you look fine. Okay, you look nice. <laughs> you look really nice. That, in that
3: is the way that Adam has to communicate how he is genuinely feeling inside. Those are the words that you have heard him say, and and. He has said them multiple times, so they apparently have resonance and meaning for him. Can you allow yourself to hear them from the place that he is saying them?
1: For me, I feel like, and I'm not going to speak on behalf of women, but from all the messages I get and the communicating I do with all these women and everything, it seems like what, what we're looking for is something more tangible, Okay, a, a so a more tangible by by saying you look good or you look nice. Fine, my dad can say that to me. You know, my okay, my, but, my but, uncle uh, can uh, say that to me. I, it doesn't that's that's not the same as
2: All right, let Leah respond and then I'm gonna respond.
1: Okay. So Danielle, what specifically would you need to hear in
3: order to believe Adam?
1: Something more specific, something that I knew he was actually paying attention. You look nice. Like it seems what? like a knee jerk reaction. You look nice or you look good. You know what I mean? So I I don't I, I can't it would have to come from in him but something that made it seem like it was more it was more genuine like something that made that he really like was looking and aware and not just the uh, the designated mandatory compliment. Because we're going out to dinner and he knows I'm going to ask and I'm going to be self-conscious. And like, I want it to be more that I think that there's an in there's a ingenuity, the wrong word, the right word is the there's a disingenuineness. I don't know one of those things. Uh So um, that's how it feels Mm -hmm. that when when it's just that it's like a blanket you know, because he has insecurities too. Everybody has insecurities. And I guess that knowing that your partner has those insecurities, well, maybe that's where you could, that's where we could try to build each other up more and rather than saying you look nice or you look handsome or you look good. And I do it too. I'm not, I'm not, I'm, I'm terrible with that. I'm always like, a, because to You're me, with what? I'm terrible with making, like make, trying to come up with, like specific things to tell you and compliment you about. Well,
2: that's, that's kind of what my point was going to be. It's like, okay, okay, this time I'm going to say this compliment. And then if I do it again, that's, you know, and then, okay. If, if you don't want to hear that again, okay, what's next. And then what's next. And then, and then that gets old and then that's, oh, you always say that. And then that, so you know what I'm like, you know what I'm saying? It's there's never, ever a right answer except for the first time.
3: Yeah, Yeah, that's yeah, absolutely. And so um, I I think and this is such a common thing in couples Mm -hmm. is this inability to find the middle ground because you're you're both so used to saying the words that you say and having the reactions that you have that um, that we need to break the script. It's Mm -hmm. like you have a script, you have a particular groove that you, that you run in, and we need to break that script. Um, This may sound like it's a little bit um, like a tangent, but um, we'll see if it helps. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So um, with my partner, he has a job where he goes to work at seven in the morning and he's off around two thirty or three and um he would say i'll see you at 6 and i would get really like worked up like what about those other 3 hours like why don't i get those other 3 <laughs> hours why doesn't he love me enough to give me those other 3 hours and i was never brave enough to actually ask the question i wanted to ask which is why don't you want to spend those extra 3 hours with me i just got a little more and more and more resentful each time it happened until the day that i saw him at 2:45 15 minutes after he got out of work and he was a bear he was like a totally different person and i realized oh he needs those 3 hours to transition from his like really testosterone You know, hyped up construction worker self to the sweet and gentle person who comes to me at six o'clock, three hours later. And it was about asking a different question and being willing to hear a different answer. So I know that that's a totally different example from what you're talking about, but the concept is the same that we need to ask a different question and be willing to hear a different answer. So um, something I would suggest is to, um, uh, so in terms of like breaking the script so that we can get to some, a new way of communicating, here's something that I would suggest. Um, And it's a very short little game. I am a huge fan of gamifying things like trying to have a new conversation can be hard, but playing a game can be fun. So, Mm -hmm. um, and this is based, if anybody's interested in, in pursuing this further, this is based in the work of Betty Martin. Um, and it's called the three minute game. Um, and what it involves is one partner lying down on the bed and saying, um, How do you want to touch me for three minutes? And you set a timer. And you just you go through this process of touching each other of making requests of how you want to be touched for three minutes at a time. Um, And I think in terms of asking your partner for feedback. About how much they love your body, something that I have done recently with my partner when I was going through this same, like, I'm not feeling great about my body right now. And we started the timer, and he said, How do you want me to touch you? And I said, I would like you to touch each part of my body and tell me why you love it or tell me something you appreciate about it. It totally changes the script Mm
0: -hmm.
3: because. It, it, there's there's no automatic answer. First of all, which is what you were just talking Absolutely. about. Absolutely, yes. Um, and it puts you in a totally different headspace where you're actually interacting with that part of their body and having a moment to appreciate it before being verbal about it. So it's not just like, "Do I look good in this dress?" Yes or no. Mm-hmm. You know, like you're actually taking time to interact, and I think that can be a really powerful exercise um yeah that sounds great would you be yeah. willing
1: to do that
2: what letting you touch <laughs> me and tell me how you feel about each part of my body
1: <laughs> the o- sure i was thinking the opposite way around but <laughs> it's reciprocal <laughs> yeah. now okay here's going to be the people's first question which is the first yeah. place my mind goes do, you, do the lights have to be on can you play with the lights out if you're not comfortable with the lights on i guess
3: the
2: um, first time you can start off right
3: Yeah, I think you can do what you need to do in order to feel safe with the goal that over time.
1: I'll be drinking wine the whole time. (laughs) (laughs) I might need to be drinking wine the whole time.
3: (laughs) Okay. Right. Is that what you need to do in order to feel safe?
1: Right. 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 Right.
3: I I am all about that. Mm -hmm. There's all of these rules that people have about how it has to be in order to be real, in order to be true, in order to be deep. Yeah. I think if you're, if you have something that you need in order to feel safe. Now, am I advocating being drunk every time you have sex? No, I'm not. (laughs) (laughs) But if you're trying something new and it's requiring a little extra courage, Mm -hmm. Yeah. Have a glass of
1: wine. Mm-hmm. Okay. Right. Definitely. Yeah. I, I think that, um, something that we talked about also on your, um, podcast, some was about, cause one of the awesome things that also came up so many times when I ask is, um, people say, we're just so damn tired. You know, the last thing I want, you know, all day, I'm touched out when you have three kids and oh my God, they're all over you. And we always talk about the fact that as much as I love my kids and I want to be hugged and everything at a certain point, I'm like, oh my God, just go away from me. Like, just give yeah. me some space. And then, you know, your spouse comes home or whatever and you're like, I, I just want to sit on the couch by myself and watch Netflix and Eat my chips or whatever it is I want to do, and not be bothered. And yeah. I think that that's a feel. I think a lot of men and women, both that. But at the end of the day, at the end of the week, what whatever it, it the timing is, um, it's it's hard to get in that mind frame.
3: Yeah. So, um, one of the best responses I've heard to this was actually somebody who was on my podcast, Tristan. Um who has a stay-at-home husband and the stay-at-home husband I don't remember his name would actually be monitoring his energy through the day because he is the one who's having his touch needs maxed out and he would monitor his energy through the day and when Tristan wants to have sex would let the husband know Tonight I'd like to have sex so that you can monitor your energy and make sure you have a little leftover. And if that means that the laundry doesn't get done today, okay. Mm -hmm. If that means that, you know, the lawn doesn't get mowed or the dishes don't get done or whatever it is, that we need to make sex as important as all of these other things rather than leaving it to last. We need to put it on the list of priorities and understand that it is something that takes time and energy and focus. And it's not just a female thing. It is, as you said, a touch needs thing where and an energy. So if you haven't had enough sleep, um, there may be some s- sexual things that you just don't have the energy for. If you have kids hanging all over your body, and especially if you are a mother who's still breastfeeding, and your body is literally a feeding station Mm -hmm. for your small person, you have a lot of touch that is being demanded of you. And maybe you don't want to be like, maybe you need to just acknowledge my touch needs have been maxed out for today. And I will sit with you, you know, my partner, I will sit with you while you take care of yourself. But I need my body, or I need my genitals to be off limits tonight. I just don't have the time. I just don't have the energy for it. Um, the other thing though, is that when we talk about touch needs, it's very often because people are demanding from us. Like your child is coming up and saying, mommy, 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 hold me, get me a cereal bar, do this, do that, feed me, you know, like all of those are demands being made of you. If your partner really wants to have sexual interaction maybe for that particular session, you can say, I'm willing, you know, I'm, I'm open to doing that. What I need is to be the person who receives tonight. I need you to touch me in ways that are nurturing to me, rather than us following just sort of the standard script, which is, I touch you, you touch me, we bang. Right, (laughs) right, right. (laughs) Like, there needs to be an adjustment of the script in order to account for the fact that one of the partner's touch needs have been maxed out.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that um, another thing also is that sometimes we need to remember that... Um, We need to, we spoke about this the last time too. You need to, it needs to start earlier in the day, a lot Mm -hmm. earlier in the day, maybe in the morning, maybe the beginning of the week, maybe, but there needs to be a lead up to, it can't just be that we're supposed to like turn it on, you know?
3: So every person's going to be different. So there are some people who can just turn it on and I don't want to exclude them Mm -hmm. from this conversation. And there are lots of people and and you have described yourself as one of them, Danielle, who need a little more lead up, who appreciate being able to like have that flirtatious moment in the morning where Adam's like, Hey, I'm really looking forward to getting it on with you tonight. Mm -hmm. And then getting to sort of like, think about that and fantasize about it a little bit and get turned on through the course of the day because a woman's turn Uh, broad strokes here, but a biological female's turn-on cycle is very different than a biological male's turn-on cycle. Um, A a biological male can turn on very quickly. A biological female needs a little bit more time to let her her hormones and her chemicals all kick in. Mm -hmm. Again, those are very broad strokes but um, it can be really helpful for a lot of people to have that sort of, um, you know, flirtatious moment in the morning. Um, something that, Danielle, you and I have talked about offline. This is another game that I play with my partner um, because he, Adam, you talked about the, the first time we uh, talked, uh, you talked about feeling uncomfortable with, talking a lot, mm-hmm. with making a lot of noise, with speaking a lot. And one of the things that I have done is to uh, literally tie my partner down. We, Yes, we have restraints on my bed. <laughs> <laughs> nope, nope, nope. Uh-uh, nope. <laughs> Not our and bed. I will, <laughs> I will restrain him.
0: Mom deserves better than a drugstore card.
3: And I will say to him, you can have absolutely anything you want tonight, but you have to tell me what you want. And you have to be explicit in telling me what you want. You have to tell, you can't just say, I want you to touch my body. You have to tell me where you want me to touch your body, with what kind of pressure, with what kind of stroke, going in which direction. And I'm going to do that for a minute. And then I'm going to stop. And you have to tell me what you want me to do next. And it may be more of the same, and that's fine. And it may be something different, but you have to tell me. And it's a, it's a game to get him more comfortable with the idea of actually speaking about what his needs are.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: And, that, um, and what I notice is that in playing that game you know, we do it a couple of times and he starts to be more comfortable in our other sex sessions where that's not the game on the table. Um, But he starts to be more comfortable and just more open and feeling more safe. And that's a huge piece of it is feeling safe to speak our needs. And that is just as hard for men as it is for women in a lot of cases. Um, So feeling safe, to speak his needs because he has seen that when we do it in that game, I do whatever he asks for. I don't shame him. I don't laugh at him. I don't tell him that whatever he wants is stupid. Um, I do it and we both get pleasure out of it. And then he starts to feel safer and can give more voice to what he desires, which might then lead to, being able to say early in the day hey i'm really looking forward Mm -hmm. to such and such tonight
1: okay and i think that that is a great idea i love the game but how do how does one who is not in as comfortable of a situation as you are with you being a sex you know communication (laughs) coach and everything for the regular person how do you approach that how do you bring that up to somebody who maybe you guys aren't even, maybe you're in a dry spell or you're, you know, in that roommate period where you don't feel connected or, and then all of a sudden you're going to go up and be like, Hey, tonight I'm going to, you know, how, (laughs) how, what is, what is, what are, how do you do that so that you're not feeling completely and totally uncomfortable and humiliated? Yeah.
3: That's such an important question. And I would go back to something that we talked about a lot during my first conversation with you, which is the yes, no, maybe checklist, um, which is, uh, and people can find it on my website. Um, it's at com forward slash martinis. Um, you can come download it. It is this long, I think it's nine pages, checklist of different activities. And you get to... Um, check off, yes, this is something I'm interested in. No, this is something I I am totally taking off the table. And maybe this is something I might be interested in under the right circumstances with the right amount of conversation. You each fill it out, you print out two copies. You give one to your partner, you fill one out yourself. And then you come back together and it gives you a place to start conversation around these are some things that we haven't been doing that maybe we could try to open up some new avenues to bring some more um, excitement back into our bedroom. Um, And here are some things that we've been doing all along that I didn't realize you weren't super into. Like that's an important piece of information as well. Um, so I think that is a great place to start. Mm -hmm. The other thing is if what you're talking about is sort of going through a sexless period and wanting to rekindle, um, depending on how long it's gone on and what the state of your relationship is, you may not be able or ready to jump immediately back into sex. You might need to start slow and take it step by step. And, and when I work with people who are going through this particular issue, we, we break it down to like really simple building blocks when you're, uh, you know, when your partner is in the kitchen cooking, are you comfortable passing by them and touching them on the shoulder or running your hand across their back? In some cases, yes, maybe they've maintained that level of intimacy and we can work from there. But in many cases, no. Once the sexual touching stops, all touching stops. And so then it's a question of, okay, so where, what is something that you could feel like it might be a stretch for you, but what is something that you can feel comfortable starting with? Can you lay your hand on their shoulder as you pass them up by the dinner table? you know like just building that intimacy again from the very from the very ground up mm-hmm.
2: yeah do you ever get involved as um i guess the mediator in this yes no maybe checklist i think do you ever get involved with people filling out their answers and submitting them to you for review because this um, mi- this might be like a i wanted to throw this in now i could even um not make this part of the podcast just as like a little side business for you or something like that. I think it's possible that people might not answer 100% truthfully knowing that their partner is going to see the results Mm -hmm. and they might not put something that they're uncomfortable, their partner knowing that they might not want them to say yes to or no to or something. You know what I'm saying? So if they, if, if they both filled it out independently, submit it to you, you review and then get back with a report with like, Hey, this is where you guys could get together
3: that's a really interesting idea. That is a really had, interesting idea.
2: Right?
1: Yeah. Yeah. I had never thought of that.
3: I well, mean, I did, I, so I'm
2: going to use it. So Why well, well, did it you think
1: of that? Because you feel like you would be uncomfortable with me saying certain things. Oh, I'll or? put yes
2: to everything. I don't give a shit. No, no you would not. <laughs> yeah, You're right. No, 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 it was just crossing my mind because I felt like, yeah, it, it's possible that there's something on that list. Uh, yeah. That I might be. not want you to know that I'm into, so I'm going to put no.
1: Right. Yeah.
2: You know what I mean? Yeah. Right. So if yeah. you kind of but filter it, the yeah. answers and then mm-hmm. report back with this is where you guys are mutually connected, start here and try these things.
3: I like that. Idea Almost like a, a lot. credit
1: score report. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Not, not really, honey. But okay. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> You could have like, remember one of those things um, what that they used to have, like they used to have it at um, a restaurant near us where you would put your hand on the buzzer and it would go up and down and then it would stop at a certain point, like hot, sexy. Like. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's like one of those, <laughs> like, where do you guys fit? Where do you stop? I love that so much. Sam, <laughs> um, I want to think about that. To your
3: question, I've never done anything like that. I, I do talk with people when they... Uh, when they fill out the checklist and they realize they've come to an impasse over a thing, that's
1: something I've. Right. That that one person really wants to, and the other person doesn't. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And what, so can you give a little. I just think people might be more
2: honest if they know it's going to you directly and she's not not going to do it in
1: stages and you're like, okay, what are the ones that you really are most comfortable with that we can talk about, you know, and then maybe go to the second level after you've done the first level and I guess there's different ways that you could approach
2: it. What? Yeah. I like like my idea. I like your idea too. It was
1: a fabulous idea. I think it was really good. Are you looking? Are you looking for an assistant?
3: (laughs) I hear Adam's pretty busy these days. He really is. He really is. Yeah.
2: Just something for you to think about. I think it it sounds like an interesting idea. So.
3: Yeah, Yeah. it's it's a great idea. Do you want to be my promoter? Uh,
2: No, just I think he just
3: was. I just I just
2: just want to sit back and collect my my royalties. That's it. (laughs)
1: Uh, that's great all right
3: coming soon yeah Yeah.
1: that's a great idea yeah the checklist is for sure a great tool it's a great jumping off point um and and I know that some people are worried about, you know, the, the, I've realized listen, I've really wanted to role play for so long. My partner is dead set against it, but it's something that's really, 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 I want to do, but I don't want to go the rest of my life without doing it. And I don't want to wait for him to die. And <laughs> you know, <laughs> what I mean, like that kind of thing is um, it's, it's a big deal because sometimes there are things that are really important to you and you really want to experience. And it's sort of, you can't get past that, that barrier, like you were saying.
3: Yeah. Um, so in those cases, it's really important to understand, first of all, what the how important is this to the person who wants it? Is it critically important to the point that it is more important than the stability of the relationship? And Um, what are the reasons, what is the discomfort that the other person has with it? Not that they need to justify their reasons. That's not it at all. But sometimes we think that our partner wants something a little bit different than what they actually want because we're so not good at communicating about this stuff. And so if you can bring someone like me in to mediate that conversation, maybe we can find out you're not quite as far apart as you thought you were. However, if you are really that far apart, then then there are some serious questions to be asked. Mm-hmm. If the person who wants it feels like this is something I can't go without, then their partner maybe needs to think about, am I willing to... Uh, I'm trying to make this gender free, which makes it very complicated. Right. So right. let's say uh, it's the female who wants to do the role playing and the male who is uncomfortable with it, just for this example. So let's say the female is saying, this is super important to me. This is a fantasy I've had since you know I was a teenager and I just can't imagine going the rest of my life without experiencing it then she has to decide, is this something that I am willing to put my relationship on the line for? If the answer is yes, then you have a relationship issue um, where it's important to talk about, okay, so like what can this relationship handle and what can it not? But if the answer is that she really wants to experience it, but she doesn't want to leave the relationship then maybe we go to her partner and say, is this something that you could be okay with her experiencing with someone other than you? Could you be okay with her going to a sex worker to have this experience? And if the answer is yes, what parameters need to happen around that in order for you to feel safe? Do you need to be in the room so you can see everything and not make up any stories about what happened without you there? Or do you need to be absolutely in the dark and know nothing about it and pretend that it never happened? Um, And do you need to meet the person in advance? All sorts of stuff. It's also really possible that a lot of fantasies in uh, in this particular realm, something like um, a cro- a, a role-playing or dress-up or BDSM, things like that can be accomplished with another party without there actually being sex involved, um, that you can play out the fantasy without ever going to a... Sexual intercourse plays. Um, We're getting a little bit far into the weeds here, Mm -hmm. but I think it's really important to at least hear that there are many, many more options than "I say yes, I say no, now we fight." You know, like there are other ways to approach these questions.
1: And I I think that for what you do, also because Adam and I, when we went to his therapist together and everything, I think that one thing that was really awesome about it was that it made him so much more comfortable to talk having her there. Right. Oh, yeah. I wasn't talking at him. There was this buffer oh. and she was there. We weren't screaming and we weren't cause a lot of times it turns into that. Um, that if this really is the area that you're struggling in and you, you don't want to be stuck there anymore. I think uh, what you do and you know, as a sexual communication coach, maybe that's, that is what you that is a a good way to go. Because it's it's that if you are so uncomfortable to talk to your partner about it, then maybe what you need is an intermediary.
3: Mm -hmm. Yeah, I recently had an experience where my partner was seeing someone and we decided to go see her to a therapist, go see her together. And she was a, she, I heard her saying practically the same words that I had been saying to him, but he could hear them from her. Right, right. He couldn't hear them from me. Exactly. Yeah. Um, well, yeah. because, of the, because really of the way valuable. it's possibly
2: presented, she's saying it differently than you would.
3: She's saying it differently and there's not as much, there, there's no baggage.
2: Right.
1: Exactly. Them. Exactly. Um, well, one thing that I want to get to before, you know, uh, before we run out of time is that I feel like there's these platforms like your platform now for women, which is so awesome that you, you talk about it and we, you kind of open up the floodgates for us to say whatever we want. And like I said, we, I was discussing things that I had never discussed before and I, I'm wondering for men, are there, because I think men need that so much. They need a place to be able to go and be asked those questions or to think about those things. I mean, is there anywhere, are there places to open up a dialogue like that? Is there anywhere that a guy can go and become more comfortable talking about it? Because as uncomfortable as I was at times during that that conversation, and I loved it and I loved that challenge and I loved thinking in that perspective, you know, um, from that perspective, but it's an uncomfortable conversation to a, on a certain level to think about for yourself, Adam would be 20 times more comfortable, uncomfortable talking about it. Um, and I think that's probably true a lot across the board. So I just am wondering if there's anywhere to get that kind of communication. I think that's such an
3: important question. Um, in terms of the kinds of conversations that I'm having with women, I'm not familiar with anybody having those conversations with men. And it's actually something that I get asked about a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, why are you just doing this with women? Um, I think it's
1: fabulous. I think I love yeah. that you're just, I think it's a great platform just yeah. for us. So, but I, I wish mean, the there reason was... was-
3: the reason I'm doing it with women is because I'm a woman, Mm -hmm. you know, like it's where my interest lies. Um, The more times I hear the question, the more I think, well, I don't know, maybe at some point I, you know, once I have a better handle, because I'm, you know, I'm 20 episodes in, Mm -hmm. (laughs) so like I'm still, I'm still doing, you know, I'm still learning. Mm -hmm. Um, But that maybe when I get more comfortable and I, and I have more of a handle on it, maybe I would expand. Um, until that day, there are male sex educators who I think can speak much more effectively to a male audience than I can. Um, and uh, Reed Mahalko is a name that comes up to uh, top of mind immediately. And I'll, I'll give you some names that you can put in the show notes. Okay. Um, they're not going to be exactly what I'm doing, but they're going to be sex educators who can open that dialogue with men from the male point of view. Mm.
1: Maybe that needs to be your next list, a list of questions that we can ask each other, men and women, to open up a dialogue like that. I think that would be a really great list. Just to sit down and have those open-ended questions to kind of talk about we do that um in our emails we do that with each episode because so many people are asking us for the questions that we ask each other in the episodes um but we're not you know we always say we're not experts in anything but um but for you to make questions just about this topic would be so on point that would be great yeah yeah really great yeah
3: you guys have given me so many good ideas. I know, I know right? Stuff. See? Yeah. I need to come back here more.
1: Right? <laughs> it's a good swap. We get the sex yes. advice and you get some business advice from people who know nothing about business. It's perfect. I love it.
2: <laughs> I'm sorry, what?
1: I mean this kind of business. <laughs> I don't mean party oh. supplies or oh, thank you. Instagram oh. or what? I mean this kind of business. <laughs> Okay. Sexual communication business. You are you
2: obviously I'm an expert. You are
1: obviously. You gave <laughs> her amazing advice. You really did. You gave some very good <laughs> ideas. <laughs> um yeah, no. I think that it's uh even just to listen to the podcast and for people to think about these questions themselves and there might be times when they when they listen and you you, know, you get uncomfortable, but then you also have to think to yourself, "Wait a minute." why am I getting uncomfortable with this? There's so many other things we listen to. What do we, you know, we watch on TV, all these violent shows and everything like that. And then we listen to, um, you know, talk about these really, really specific sex questions and we clam up and we, you know, our first instinct is, oh my God, they can't say that. Um, But I'm, I think probably, Six nine months ago, before we really got into this podcast, that would have been a very different interview for me. That you with you asking me those questions, but mm-hmm. the more you talk openly like this, and the more you we're know, expressive, you are, and we're so expressive on our show, then I that I think it, it's it becomes easier. And so maybe as we have these conversations as couples they will become smoother and easier and more second nature because already yeah. since that last conversation we had, Adam has, and and that, that one where he said, when I'm done, I'm done. And we got all that feedback and women were, were uh, messaging us and saying, um, how could you, how could he say that? It's terrible. And, and it was a little bit, it was a little bit of a, a dagger to me when he said that it was a part of it. But at the same time, I think, I think probably a lot of people feel that way, and he was being honest. And from that honesty, we took a really big step. Because since then, I feel like you have really become so much more comfortable.
2: Oh yeah, right. Completely, yeah, I'm, I'm talking.
1: Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it's true. Though. I'm making
2: noises. <laughs> awesome. Out <God>. loud. <laughs> That's so
1: but, great. But it, that that needed to happen. That moment needed to happen. And so that honesty in our relationships, if we're, if we're not being honest and we're saying, oh yeah, everything's great. And oh yeah, I'm having all these orgasms or anything. And it's not really happening. Well, you're not going to get anywhere. So at first it feels like a little bit of a, you know, um, like a betrayal almost to hear something like that, like a, oh crap, you know, like what the fuck. But then once you get past that initial, um, tinge, then you're sort of like, Okay, well, maybe we could do because I think when he got that feedback and everything, and after we spoke to you, I think his first reaction was, Well, maybe that's not okay. Maybe I need to try to work on that. No, Uh,
2: um, no, (laughs) no, of course. Yeah. Yeah. No, from what you were saying before, um, yeah, why did I say it? Because I was being honest and I was speaking the truth. Right. And I know that that's how a lot of people feel. Um, But looking back uh is it right maybe not maybe it's needs something needs to be done about it and i i have to do whatever i can to make that happen for me
1: yeah basically the point being
2: yeah i i i said it out loud i was being honest i don't regret what i said but i learned from it And and i don't
1: regret it either because it really helped
3: I really appreciate the fact that you said it because it's real. Yeah. And part of the issue is that everybody's walking around trying to put a pretty face on all their fears and shames and everything that they're not actually talking about what's real. We can't actually move forward until we tell the truth. Mm-hmm. And so you told the truth. You got the feedback and you learned from it. That, in my book, is a massive win.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And it, and it did end up
2: and being I, I, a massive I don't even win. want to say learned from it. but because well, you learned
3: something learned, something has changed
2: yeah something has changed. okay. yeah, I guess just saying learn from it almost like I I was wrong and okay. now I'm right. I don't want it to no. be said that way. I, I
3: well I think a little bit
2: <laughs> obviously <laughs> but, but, but you no.
3: have, something has shifted exactly in It made me think exactly. about and myself positive.
2: and what I need to do to make that change Yes for both of us right. Because it's helped us both.
1: Yeah. So just opening up the dialogue and saying, you know, saying to somebody, you can be honest with me right now. I want to work on it. Mm
3: -hmm.
1: And whatever comes out in that next minute. And we've had that discussion a few times where I've sat down with Adam and I've said, in this moment, you need to be honest with me. After that, those doors close. So do it now. But Mm -hmm. um, and I will forgive you and I will be okay with it. Mm -hmm. But after that, forget it. And maybe that's a little bit what needs to happen in that moment of let's just get it all out there. If, if we're having trouble, you know, in the bedroom or whatever it is, just let's talk about it. Let's, let's get it out there. And whatever you say, it's what we want to do is make it better.
3: And I also want to be clear that I am talking about things that I have experienced and that have worked for me. And it was not that long ago that I was not able to talk about any of this. Yeah. So if you're listening to this and thinking, I can't do that. Like, I don't have those skills. I, I, we are so far away from that. I don't want you to hear this and have it be yet another thing that you're not good enough to do or smart enough to do or healed enough to do or whatever the baggage is that you're putting on it. Because I was you just a few years ago.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah, um, And, and I would have needed to hear somebody say that because if I had heard somebody speaking the way that I'm speaking, I would have been like, yeah, that's nice for her, but I can't do that.
2: we 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 should wrap this up Um,
1: all right so um, of course of course thank you again for coming on we always not that i
2: want to i'm loving talking to you every second of it i just have more work to do after this uh, (laughs) (laughs) well
1: we'll leave more for there's always more um so thank you so much and everyone know Com. and um i think that If they're not listening to your podcast, they should certainly turn it on and give it a listen because it is a different, um, a completely unique and I think important platform. And I'm I'm grateful to you for doing it. And I love listening. And um, I'm interested to listen to myself on there. Mm -hmm. I can't (laughs) wait to hear it. I haven't heard (laughs) anything about it I don't know. I don't know if I want you to listen. (laughs) Maybe I do want you to listen. (laughs) You'll get to hear about
3: the experience that Danielle might want to have someday, but doesn't think that she could have in her marriage.
0: Oh, I'm wondering if
1: I'm trying to remember what I said. (laughs) Now I'm intrigued. (laughs) Good. Yeah, exactly. Um, And we will obviously put your links everywhere. The yes, no, maybe checklist is a must for everybody. You must, must, must download it. It's free, right? Yep, yeah, absolutely. Totally free. Just go to LeahCarry.com, download it, or you can um, direct message me, email us, we will get you mer- the list Leah
2: slash martinis, right? Martinis. Yes.
1: yes. Yeah, you have a special I'm so honored. You have a special <laughs> section for us. And we will definitely talk to you again soon. Excellent. And yeah. thank you so much definitely. for always coming on and educating us. Thank you so much. I love spending time. Oh, with
2: we love it too. Yeah, it was so fun.
3: All right, bye Leah. Lea. Have a great bye. night. Have a
2: great night.